Okay, I'm done with this. Sister Nicole said she'd pray. be here tonight and have an opportunity to teach the scriptures. And appreciate all the fellowship, appreciate the meal, appreciate everyone's here. And let's begin with a prayer. Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Word of Truth Fellowship. We thank you for the, the scriptures that I've been blessed mm -hmm. to study here with them. And I pray that you'll give me the right words to say tonight to get across the truth of your word. Mm -hmm. Lord, we want to increase our faith. We want to encourage yeah. brethren. We want to Point people to the truth that is in Jesus Christ. We want to present the gospel. And Lord, we, do, we want to have the love of the truth so that we might be saved. We ask that this message would be a blessing to the people that are here and people that might be watching later. But Lord, we want you to be glorified and the truth to go forth. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, good evening. Good evening. I, um, this is a joint meeting of the men and women of Word of Truth Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And uh, I put together a study this, this morning that would be uh, entitled An Overview of Divine Revelation, Prophets, Apostles, Dreams, and Visions, which is a hefty chunk of material to go through. <laughs> and I may have cut off much more than I, than I can do. But at least we're going to get into yeah. the concept of the divine revelation and how God speaks. Amen. First of all, I will say that God is a God of revelation. Yeah. And we wouldn't know a single thing about eternal things. We wouldn't know anything about God. We wouldn't know anything about the reality of this world that we live in this, and this, anything spiritual if God had not revealed it to us. Amen. Amen. So uh, I want to put a disclaimer here. This is my lesson. Uh, no one told me to write this. It was not uh, someone. No one told me, David, you got to write this or teach this. And I expect you to uphold me. Uh, to anything I say, if it is incorrect, please provide a scripture and teach me more accurately the word of truth. But uh, if it is correct, then you might participate also mm -hmm. and uh, confirm the teaching with other scriptures and yeah. thoughts that you have. When, uh, I've been participating with the Word of Truth Fellowship for about a year and a half, a little bit longer, and what really attracted me to Word of Truth Fellowship was it was uh, in many churches you have a minister who would uh, preach, mm -hmm. and you have uh, people in the audience just sit. And their, uh, their part was to uh, sing, to listen, take notes, put money in the collection plate, and occasionally do special music or things like that. And but what I appreciate about Word of Truth Fellowship, it was it was different than any church I've ever been in before, where people are encouraged to participate and you encouraged to have feedback. And that could be a challenge if uh, someone is preaching and 
then it would seem like, well, they're questioning what I said. Well, it, I don't believe that just uh, the, the concept of having one person as a minister, well, that's certainly all right. You want, you want people to be ministers of the gospel. But the entire church is to participate. Right, I would yes. direct you to a scripture. Yeah. This is at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 29 through 33. Mm-hmm. And this is talking about the way the church participates in the services. We're given the gifts of the Holy Spirit yeah. to profit with all, which means that all of us are blessed and all of us participate mm-hmm. in the services. And 1 Corinthians 14, 29 through 33 says... Let the prophets speak two or three, mm-hmm. and let the other judge. Yeah. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. Mm-hmm. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. Mm-hmm. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Mm-hmm. So we want to have peace and unity. We want to know true doctrine. And uh, so... Uh, have some questions that I wanted to ask for our uh, audience on live stream and for people who are here. Again, uh, as the teacher for this evening, I expect you to hold me responsible for what I say. Mm-hmm. And if it's false, please correct me and give scripture to back up. And if it's true, then mm-hmm. you might uh, confirm it with yeah. more thoughts or scriptures. Mm-hmm. So here's the questions. Now, this is all assuming that we are believers in Christ right. and we all have the Holy Spirit residing in us. Question one. Okay, we do have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, but do we have the Spirit without measure as yeah. Jesus did? Or do we only have the Holy Spirit in a limited sense? And the, the, immediately, I must say that uh, thank you to Robert for letting me borrow his Bible. I accidentally left mine at home. And it's going to... Not as easy for me to find things in his Bible because I'm used to my own, kind of like when David was going out to fight with Goliath and Saul said, well, here, try this armor. And David said, well, I can't use this. I haven't proved it. Yeah. Well, the words of this Bible are accurate, but I am not familiar with this Bible. So I believe it is in, uh, in fact, I don't know where the scripture is. It says that uh, this is a, what John the Baptist said. Mm-hmm. He said that... Uh, he, he has the script has the spirit without measure. He's speaking of Jesus Christ, and we know that in Jesus, it, the scriptures say that in Him the fullness of the Godhead right. dwelt bodily, yeah. mm-hmm. and that would mean that He had all of the Holy Spirit with Him, mm-hmm. in Him, empowering Him, anointing Him. And I, so, if anyone can help me with the, where that scripture is found, that mm-hmm. it, but I would contend that we just have a, a measure of the Spirit. We have a, a portion of the Spirit. We, we do not have all of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had the Spirit without measure. John 3, 34. Uh, John 3, 34. John 3, 34. This is the words of John the Baptist. He whom God hath sent... Speaketh the words of God. Now, this is speaking about Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. He whom God has sent has speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Yeah. And there's a, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
This is again speaking of Jesus Christ. They said, For it pleased the Father that in him, that's Jesus Christ, in him should all fullness dwell. And Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, again speaking of Christ, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So we have a measure of the Holy Spirit, and we want to uh, we want to uh, we want to use the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us—the power, the understanding, the discernment—but we don't. The Scripture doesn't say that we have the Scripture, the Spirit without measure. That's the point I wanted to make. That's right. And at any time, if anyone has thoughts, please yeah. chime in. speaking to his capacity Jesus actually had an unlimited capacity he could be filled with the fullness of God in an unlimited sense without measure but see it says because some people would argue with that and they'd say well in Ephesians 3.19 it says and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God uh-huh. See that, that's the fullness of God in your measure and the, the capacity that you've been given. You want to be filled to the brim. Remember when a, when a, when a widow brought in all the different size vessels in her house? They were, all, they were all filled, but there were large vessels that were filled, and there were small vessels that were filled, and they all had different capacities, but they were all filled. But see, Jesus had the Spirit without measure. He had the fullness in every sense of the word. In my kitchen, I have different measuring utensils. And I have uh, a pitcher that holds a whole gallon. And I have a, a measuring cup that holds a, a quart. And I have a cup, a half cup, mm-hmm. a third cup, all right. the way down to a, an eighth of a teaspoon. Right. Well, I might hold maybe a sixteenth of a teaspoon. And when you start pouring stuff into it, eventually, I mean, very soon, you're not going to be able to hold mm-hmm. very much. But... Jesus received the fullness of the Spirit without measure. Right. I'll bring that. Amen. Next point. Well, then, and, and just Brother Robert, one yes. Thing. This, um, and, and, um, Romans 12, uh, 3 to 6, uh, and towards the end there, uh, being, uh, verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophesied, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Yeah. You see, it's not just the spirit that we have in portion. Yeah. We have He's given you a measure of faith. Yeah. So the measure that God gives you is absolutely the same as or will accommodate the work he's given you to do. Right. So if he gives you the work to come into the world and lay down your life for the sins of the world, what, what, what proportion of faith are you going to have to have? You're going to have to have all grace. You're going to have to have all the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So Jesus came. He was really a man. But what God gave him was the fullness of the Holy Spirit because yeah. he was going to have to do the greatest work Amen. that required the complete full. In other words, Amen. the same one that created the world came into the world that he might save the world and so there was you couldn't Jesus couldn't just have a measure he he is the fullness of the Godhead just like saying God could have a measure he couldn't Jesus was absolutely divine right 
He's the, he's the a member of the Godhead. So when he comes here and he says, this is the same one when God said, let there be light. He's just the same one that created the light. So for him to look at the storm and say, peace be still, there wasn't any way that that storm was going to resist him. He's the one that made the wind and the waves and the right. sea and the earth. So see, of course, it's a, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is the earth and everything in it has never had a problem with obedience to God, ever. It's never disobeyed God, ever. It's always done exactly what God expected of it. But see, it's man. It's people that have fallen yeah. in, into sin. They resist his spirit, right? Yes. Now, if God's given you to do a specific work, you can, you can honestly expect from God to give you a measure of faith, a measure of his spirit, a measure of understanding. Yes. That will accomplish that purpose. Amen. What, really, what what will we need? A greater measure of the Holy Spirit than the work we're going to accomplish. That's See, right. it would be a waste. God doesn't waste anything. That's right. That's he just what, doesn't. That's why it says, "Unto whom much is given, that's right. Much shall be required." Amen. The ten talent increase came from the person who was given ten talents. The that's three right. talent increase came from the person who was given three talents. We're expected to. to <clears throat> Well, work with the I'm thinking of a scripture that says we are partakers, made partakers of the divine nature. I think it's in First Peter. Uh -huh. yes. Again, I don't have my Bible, and I am going to have more difficulty finding things in mm -hmm. Bible I'm not familiar with, the location of the things on the page. But I would point out to you that we are partakers of the divine nature. That's right. We are not divine in and of ourselves. We are, we are not mm -hmm. divine. We are not mm -hmm. equal to God, but we are partakers of the divine nature. That's right. And that's a distinction I would like to make here. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. In uh, question number two, mm -hmm. and if you can find that scripture, I would appreciate that. Uh, Second question, Peter 1, 4. 2 Peter 1, 4. Mm -hmm. It says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, uh -huh having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Right. Now that is a miraculous thing. Yes. When we are joined, our spirit is joined to God's spirit, mm -hmm. and we have become a new creation, yes, amen. an entirely new creature partaking with the, of the divine nature. Mm -hmm. And that is a concept that it, uh, took me a very, very long time to understand and comprehend. Yeah. Question number two. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit has given us an understanding. But do we have the same understanding as Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead? I would say that we do not. No. We have a limited understanding. Mm -hmm. In Christ, all the wisdom, he is the wisdom of God. That's all right. the Amen. wisdom of God is in him. That's we have right. a limited amount of yeah. understanding and capacity to know. That's right. Yeah, Jesus knew the hearts of he knew what was in man. He knew he knew their thoughts. Yes. Jesus knew their thoughts. I d seem to have missed that capacity to read people's minds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Ephesians three twenty says it's according to the power that worketh in us. Uh, Ephesians uh, four sixteen says it's according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. So when we yeah. come together, we have more understanding. Yeah. See, because you understand what God's given you to see, what you 
He's given you to see something. You see something. We come together. We bring all those parts together. And now together, we're, we're more powerful. We're greater. We, we, yeah. we can see more because of the expression of each part. And when you put that together, that's called edification. Yes. That's what happens. It's a concept of synergy. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. Amen. The parts, when we come together, we're greater together than we would be individually. That's right. Apart from Amen. Right. Yes. Question number three. We do have the power of the Holy Spirit active in our lives, but are we able to do everything that Jesus did? And when, for example, in terms of signs and wonders and miracles. Mm-hmm. Jesus had the ability to raise people from the dead. Jesus had the people had the ability to take a man who was born blind. We don't know if he had an if he didn't have any eyeballs or whatever. He couldn't see from his birth, and Jesus made him to see. Jesus took a man who had a withered arm, and he healed it normal, just like yes. Jesus had the ability to create the whole world and everything that is in it. I would question whether I have the same power in me that Jesus. Did. We have the Holy Spirit, the same. Yeah. Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, but again, I'm not Jesus. Mm-hmm. There is no one on earth who is Jesus. Mm-hmm. We don't have the same capacity or ability to do signs and wonders and miracles. Mm-hmm. It does say we have ability. His greater things than these you will do. Mm-hmm. Yes. That means it would, with the body of Christ, as the Spirit of Christ is in each one of us, we comprise the body of Christ. Yes. Now yes. Jesus was in one place at one time on this earth. Mm-hmm. But now, with millions of believers around the world, mm-hmm. as the body of Christ, now with Jesus not present with us physically in the body, but present in spirit, we have the ability to do many more things than Jesus did. Yeah. That's the understanding, yeah. because they're, the body of Christ is comprised of all the believers who have the spirit Amen. of Christ in them. Amen. Uh, I, like, I like that collective aspect that you brought to that, mm-hmm. this, that connection there, that Jesus was able to do these things in the world. He had the spirit without measure, and now that he's no longer in the world and in bodily form, but he's residing in the church in the spirit, together we are the body of Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, the church, the aggregate body, the aggregate church is the image of Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. The very image of Christ. So the church collectively contains that fullness. Yes, I do believe that although maybe not one person has the power of the Holy Spirit to do everything that Jesus did in terms of signs and wonders, I do believe signs, mm-hmm. signs and wonders are still being performed by Jesus. Absolutely, the I do believe that. Like, yes, yeah, really in a yes. spread out fashion. You, you hear and read so much about it and you know that he's working. I, yes. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit has stopped working or that the gifts have stopped. They're, that is a topic for another time, but the Holy Spirit is still active. The, uh, we just wanted to discuss, have a little bit of understanding of yeah. our ability that the Holy Spirit has given us. And that's a part of the reason for these questions. Our, our ability individually, as individuals, can't exceed the, the ability of Christ no. and his fullness. It, it, would be, it would be foolish to think that just one person could, has the, the same power as Christ himself. Jesus, when he, he spoke, 
the worlds into existence. Mm -hmm. He spoke and people were healed. He spoke and Lazarus raised from the dead. He spoke to the winds and the waves and they mm -hmm. ceased. Do we have the same ability to speak things into existence like that? No, no. We do not. No, we don't. That's a point I want to point out. Yes. Question number four. Is the office of apostle still valid today? I would say no, and I will get into that later in the lesson. I have some uh, text I'd like to bring to bear on this. Yeah. And uh, so just, we will get to that. And the question number five, is the office of the prophet still valid today? Yeah. Because God spoke through the prophets in mm -hmm. olden times. And uh, again, I would say no. The office of the prophet is not valid today, but we'll get into text and uh, that will answer some of these questions. Yeah. Well, it, it depends on what, what you mean when you refer to apostle and prophet, what, what, we're, what we're talking about when we say those things. Okay. Let's have a brief discussion of this now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jesus had chosen 12 apostles, and they yes. were with him from the beginning, from the time that he was baptized by John. Mm -hmm. They witnessed everything. He, were, he chose them to be with him, yeah. to observe. They were witnesses. He sent them out to preach and teach and do miracles. Yes. Then uh, they witnessed all the way through until the uh, they were present with him at the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. yeah. Of course, Judas went out and betrayed him. They witnessed all the the scourging and mocking and suffering, the crucifixion. Yes. They witnessed the, his death. They witnessed him being buried, and they witnessed his resurrection. Mm -hmm. And not only that, they saw him ascend into heaven. And that's the qualifications for an apostle, an apostle yeah. Yeah. that Jesus had chosen, the 12 apostles. Yeah, they were the apostles of the Lamb. The apostles right. of the Lamb. Now, when he had uh, ascended into heaven and is now exalted at the right hand of God, now Peter understood by the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. in Acts chapter 1 that there would be a need for another apostle. Mm -hmm. And that's where you find the, the description that basically the job description of an apostle. And it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 21, Wherefore are these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And it goes on to they had two that were chosen, Joseph and Matthias. And they prayed, they cast lots, and they chose Matthias. And he was one of the ones that had been with Jesus from the beginning, from the time he was baptized, That's all right. the way through until the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Right. And so any person who claimed to be an apostle today and claimed they were equal to Jesus' 12 apostles yeah. is a, fo a fraud and a phony and a liar. So see, the, the, the variance that people can, can come to is, is the, the apostle. An apostle is a messenger, right? Yeah. He's yes. commissioned to take the gospel into, so you could have apostles of the church today. Absolutely. You could have people that were sent out by the church to do a specific work. They pray over them that the Holy Spirit, they'll be anointed by the Holy Spirit to do 
the work of, of an evangelist, basically what they're doing. Yeah. In other words, they're not creating doctrine. That's right. They're decimating. They're, they're distributing it throughout the world. Disseminating. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For example, I understand in the past yeah. that there were uh, people from Word of Truth Fellowship who traveled right. to uh, yes. Pakistan or India. Kenya, yeah. Several places, yeah. And they were and sent they were by doing. this fellowship they were, out. So you could say yeah. some, some religious, some, uh, I don't know what to call it religion, but some uh, uh, so, uh, um, different churches, I guess, but see, they're. The denominations or organizations. Yeah. Some organizations use the word apostle. The question is, what do they really mean by that? That's yeah. right. Okay. Is it a servant? Is it someone who, who's been given, understands the truth? They have an understanding, a working understanding of the scriptures, and they're sent out to 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 preach the gospel, to, to deliver the message. Yeah. Well, of course that's valid. I mean, it, yeah. it, that's just. But see, and that's like angel, and that's another word. Messenger. That can be yeah. misinterpreted today. An angel is a messenger. So when when Jesus says to John, uh, "Give this to the the, uh, the angel of, of Smyrna or the angel of you know," what are you talking? You're talking about the chief minister, the one who's going to read it and give the understanding to the people. So he says, "What angel have you ever known of that could could explain the gospel?" See, they they've not been given this word, man. The church has been given the, the, they're the pillar and grounds of the truth. So he he gives the understanding to the members of the body. The ones that rise to the surface, they're the messengers. They have to bring forth what they've seen. Because yes. God doesn't just give you understanding so you can sit in the corner and keep it to yourself. I mean, he's, he, he, but so he set the members of the body as it pleased him. They're going to go off and do the things that God's given them to do. So see, a misunderstanding of, of, of what this means has led to people taking more power under themselves and saying, yeah. I'm just like the Apostle Peter, right? Yeah. Or we're, we can be just like, see, that, technically that's not true because what they were given, they didn't have a Bible that had it all written inside there, right? Yeah. They yeah. had direct revelation from God. Yeah, that's right. All right. Peter had, God communicated to him when he was up on the rooftop. Peter didn't have a reference to go to and say, should I do this? God had to convince him, this is what you should do. Well, now see that. Once once uh, Paul said, he last of all, he's seen Christ. Yeah. Last of all. Now, he wasn't an apostle like the 12 apostles. He knew that. He was a chosen one, a chosen vessel, set apart, an apostle to the Gentiles. Okay? So, see, even, even Peter knew that Paul had some things or understood some things from God that he didn't understand. He said some things he teaches are hard to be understood. Now, that, that doesn't mean that Peter thought, I wonder what that means. It means that when you, Peter wasn't given to expound it, Paul was. And so Peter accepted that as being from the Lord. You see how in the, in the early church, they knew what they were called to do. They weren't guessing. This was like, I sure hope I can be an apostle. It, it, they were given a work. They went out and they did it. And But see, for me to sit here and say, well, I can, I can be just like that. Well, actually, I grossly misunderstood what their work was. That's because right. we haven't been called to do that. We've been called to take what they gave us yeah. 
Yeah. And make it known. Now that is, could be an apostle of the church. But even then, right. it's talking about a very special individual. We're not all apostles of the church. I mean, I yeah. think that's, that's yeah. kind of evident. Right. We're all so, given a different measure. And, and if, if my measure is... It, it says... He gave some apostles that's right. and some prophets yes. and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. There's these different, yes. uh, I guess you could say offices that the Lord has given uh -huh. in the church. That's right. For It says for the perfecting of the saints, uh -huh. for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So a, pro a prophet, someone who speaks of the edification, exhortation, and comfort. So I, we know many prophets that are here in the Word Truth Fellowship. Yes, I think every time we They're not like the prophets of, in, in the Old Testament. That's not what we're, we mean when we're talking about prophets. I'm glad you made that distinction. There, there's a distinction there. That's right. It, it's the same distinction that Brother Robert made with the apostles of the Lamb and the apostles given to the church. I would uh, like to point out that of the 12 apostles, and then the replacement, Matthias, who took the place of Judas, um, there was uh, qualifications of what they had seen. They had to witness of that. And if they hadn't seen it, they couldn't witness of that. Yeah. And right. a, a, exactly Saul, right. who became the Apostle Paul, uh -huh. was viciously opposed to Christianity and mm -hmm. traveled to kill Christians and put them in jail. Mm -hmm. And his conversion is listed in Acts chapter 9, and he did see the risen Lord. Yes. The Lord yes. revealed himself to him. And that is in Acts chapter 9, mm -hmm. starting in verse 3, yeah. speaking of Paul. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Uh -huh. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Yeah. So that's a, the Apostle Paul was a, an exception. He did see the risen Lord. This is recounted right here in Acts mm -hmm. chapter 9. And there are other people who are called apostles. But they're not the twelve. That's right. That's right. And they're not Paul. That's right. That's right. They were sent by a church uh -huh. for a specific purpose of preaching the gospel. There are people today who are still apostles in that mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. A church would send them, or a group of churches would send them as missionaries to preach the gospel in different places. Yes. And that, in that case, yes, there are apostles today. Mm -hmm. But right. to have yeah. the same part of what the apostles did was. You look at it, they wrote scripture. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right, yeah. They were tasked with writing the scripture. Mm -hmm. There is nobody alive today who has that, That's has right. the Holy Spirit in them, right. receiving new revelation from God, Amen. and yet there are people who claim that today. That's right. That's, that's not, that's and that right. is a horrendous uh, <laughs> falsehood that's been propagated on the church today. That's right. Yes. You'd have to have the same calling that they have. See, what we, a person that, that, that you see something in the body of Christ, and he's put you in the members and that's a place to him, to your own measure, you minister to the body. But 
Jesus is the chief minister to the body of Christ. And so he delegates, you know, and and the Paul was was very um, he there was prophet, false prophets had risen up in the church. And they started speaking against Paul, right? And so he so he he had to he had to speak in a way that he didn't want to because it, these men were defrauding him, defrauding his ministry. Well, he just didn't sit back and say, oh, well, you know, it'll all work out. No, he was very vigilant and pressing in and telling no. There, and he, he gave them like, a, like uh, things to think about, uh, how God had made him. See, that's a, you just don't like become an apostle because you want to. Now, yeah. Paul definitely wasn't looking to be an apostle. He was on the way... To, with papers, he was going to take those Christians to jail. Right. But see, God had a different plan. And so from, the, from that moment on, Paul never looked back. I mean, he, he yeah. why? Because he saw the risen Christ. Yeah. And so this, his, um, his qualifications, God worked them in him. Paul didn't go to school yeah. and say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to the school of apostles. No. That didn't work that way. God's kingdom didn't work that way. It's the same way with the prophets. Exactly. The, Testament. the prophets were given a word of God. That's right. And their words are scripture now. That's good. And, and every one they, of them gave their life for that, that's too. That's right. And he chose the prophets. That's right. And so now he says, let the prophets speak, two or three, right? And let the other judge. The other what? The other prophets. The ones sitting, listening, okay? They're listening to what? They're listening to what you were prophesying, what you're talking about. You're, you're, you're speaking of the things that God's given you to see. Why? So that the whole body can be edified together. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, but see now, the, 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 what you say is subject to the judgment of those listening on. Yeah. Uh, which tells you that the Holy Spirit's at work here. It's yes. not like you sit there and you figure out, I wonder if I should say something. The Holy Spirit's involved in this. That's right. And so as you hear... The, the message, the Holy Spirit will either confirm to your spirit, and, and you'll say amen. Now, that's that's good. Amen is a good word, you know, yes. to, to be shouted out in the assembly. Why? Because it means it confirms to everyone sitting there, that's this right. is the truth. Okay? But when there is no amens, the preacher should be wondering, where did I go wrong? Be, you know, I, I'm saying in a church where people say amen. Yeah. Obviously, you could be in a church preaching the gospel, you know, Perfectly, but if if saying amen is not like you know there, well, anyway, there's no confirmation. Yeah. So, but at any rate, you know, we are subject to one another. God's done it that way to ensure that the truth is what is exalted, not the person. Yes. May I um, <clears throat> share something? When you said that Paul had um, seen the risen Christ, but nobody around him um, heard or saw mm -hmm. what he saw, I mean, it reminds me of John 14 mm -hmm. when he says, um, <clears throat> talks about keeping his commandments, and he goes on to say, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. And he says, you know, if a man love me, you'll keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really how it, it felt to me that the Lord had revealed himself to me. It was a powerful, profound experience when my eyes were opened, and although it wasn't specifically how Paul saw Christ, I, I can relate so much to um, the Lord revealing himself to me in such a powerful, profound way that, that it changed my life. And it's, mm -hmm. 
in a sense, we can't experience it like that. Praise God. Uh, amen. <laughs> God does accost people. He does uh, reveal himself to people. Yes. He does manifest himself to people in ways that makes it clear yes. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, on uh, November 28, 2012, I was driving home from work. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a long story, but I, uh, on the way home, thought I would visit a friend who wasn't home. And, I, and in the course of, the, there was another person at this house, and we went in and talked with him for a couple hours, sharing the scripture. I didn't even know this person before I went there. Mm-hmm. And I felt led to go there, and my friend wasn't there, and this other man was. And I, on the way home, we were driving by this uh, intersection. Now here I want to reveal that when I was a uh, student at Ozark Christian College, I became a drunkard. And I spent many years of my life drunk. Mm -hmm. I spent at least a couple years of my life drunk while I was going to school at Ozark Christian College and I ended up getting three semesters of no credit. And they should have kicked me out of school, rightfully so, And uh, I was a shame to the church. I was a shame to Christ. But it was drinking had a power over me. I was a drunkard. I wanted that more than anything, more than Christ. Let me tell you, on November 28, 2012, I was driving home from work, and I came to this intersection. There was a bar on one Mm -hmm. corner and a liquor store on the other corner. And I prayed out loud, God, please close down the liquor store. And I believe God spoke to me. It was not an audible voice, but it was in my spirit. And this is what I believe that God said to me. He said, David, you're a hypocrite. Just because you buy your wine and beer and wine coolers at the grocery store or the convenience store instead of the liquor store doesn't make it right. You're a hypocrite and you can't drink anymore. And let me tell you, instantly, Mm -hmm. God took away my drunkenness. Mm -hmm. It's a miracle that I wasn't even asking for. I didn't comprehend ever could after going to AA hundreds of times, AA didn't change me, but the power of Jesus Christ did, by the power of His Holy Spirit. And many people have had experiences that they undeniably know were from God. And that is a valid experience, and I want to commend that. The question is, question number six. In times past, God spoke through dreams and visions, trances, and the apostles and prophets. Are these methods of communication still valid today? And follow up question number seven, what does it mean to hear the voice of God? Now, I wasn't hearing audible words. It was in my spirit that God was speaking to me. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to hear the voice of God? Can we expect that God will speak to us as he spoke to the holy prophets and the scriptures? I believe God still speaks today. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But he's not teaching new doctrine. He's not adding to the scriptures. That's right. And if anyone would teach something that God has spoken to them as doctrine for the whole church, that would be uh, highly suspicious and needs to be confirmed with the scripture. Yeah. That's right. I will tell anyone who truly 
is sorry for their sin and repented and God can take away the desire for sin. He can give you power over it. Mm-hmm. But I, to, to say anyone just do this and then this will happen and I can't say that. Yeah. And each experience would be different. And I would say that God still does speak to people but the question is, is it is it hold the authority that the apostles and prophets did? Mm-hmm. If we have dreams and visions, is it is that still valid? Is it a way that God communicates truth? I mean, this is a part of, I got more pages to go through eventually, but these are questions that are have been raised recently and need to be discussed and answered. Jesus said, no man can come to me unless the Father draw him. But there's experiences that a person has in their life that puts them in a position to where when they hear the word of God, when they hear somebody preach to them, it, 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 God prepares a person to, before that. There's a preparation that goes into that. Mm-hmm. Well, these are questions we hope to answer tonight. I would point you to a scripture, Acts chapter 17. Yeah, there you go. Verse mm-hmm. 11. That's where I was going to go. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, Paul had preached in Thessalonica for mm-hmm. Three weeks. And they ran him out of town. And so he went to Berea. And Acts chapter 17 verse 11 says, These, that's speaking of those people in Berea, mm-hmm. these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so. Mm-hmm. When you search the scripture, we have the word from God is authoritative, yeah. is inspired and inerrant, infallible, and that I can count on. And any mm-hmm. experience I have had yeah. needs to be matched up against the Word of God. Yes. Any teaching any that I personally would teach or would hear, anything I expose myself to, needs to be compared with the Word of God. Because the Word of God is true. What I say or what someone else says may not be true. Yes. And in giving my testimony just now, that is not a repeatable event. Mm-hmm. That's right. You can't yeah. just conjure up something like that and make it happen. I, I would right. uh, encourage people to seek the Lord, but experiences like that, you, you can't uh, expect that anyone else would have the same experience right. or even should have the same experience. Yeah. Yes. I want to point out that the Holy Spirit does work today, mm-hmm. but the question is about dreams and visions, yeah. and we want to get into some scriptures here. Now, next page of Brother Justin. Kind of to follow up on what I was uh, saying earlier about God preparing a person. It says this in Acts chapter 17. It says, He hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Mm-hmm that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. So there are uh, just the situations, that uh, everyday situations that happen in your life are, are you're put in a specific place in time by God that you would be provoked to seek after him. Mm -hmm. Very good. I'm going to go on to page 
three here. Uh, just some foundational teaching of Scripture that I believe. And if there is, a, if you have a controversy, please bring it to my attention. And if anyone needs some confirmation of the Scripture, I didn't put Scriptures here. I just uh, assumed that people would be well enough read in the Scripture they would understand these things. But I want to just make sure if there is a question, please, uh, please stop me. Uh, Jesus himself chose the twelve apostles and also Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles. Jesus gave these holy apostles a special task of being his witnesses, mm -hmm. yes. also gave them special gifts and responsibilities over the church as it began. Yes. When Judas Iscariot killed himself, there were certain qualifications that had to be met by the replacement That's apostle. Right. Yeah. The, the holy prophets were God's spokesmen. They spoke authoritatively for God. Mm -hmm. yes. Both holy prophets and holy apostles were filled with the Holy Ghost who inspired them to speak and write. That's right. The Holy Scriptures were written by these holy men of God, and the Bible, comprised of the 66 books that we have, is inspired, God's written word, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative. Yes. The Holy Bible was completed before the end of the first century and is no longer being added to. Mm -hmm. right. when, yeah. when the apostles died, the office of apostle died also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are no more apostles. Yeah. Now I'm not speaking about people who are sent right. from a church as yeah. a missionary. I'm That's speaking right. about those Amen. apostles that were specifically chosen by Jesus Christ, Amen. either the twelve and the replacement, or Paul. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are no more apostles today. Right. I believe with the completion of the Holy Scriptures, the office of prophet also died out. Mm -hmm. Now people prophesy today by exhorting and telling people what the truth of God's word is, preaching the gospel in that sense. But in the sense of receiving messages from God to compile the scriptures or to teach doctrine that was previously unknown, that has completely died out. Yes. Next point. The church is not built upon Peter or any other apostle, but on Christ himself. The church is built on the rock Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. Amen. And I also point out that the uh, idea of apostolic succession is not true. Yeah. It would be oh, yeah. that at some point, one of the apostles, usually he's chosen Peter, well, he had a successor who is therefore now apostle, mm -hmm. and that continued throughout the centuries until we have a whole stack of hundreds of people who claim to be apostles, and they were right. more pagan than anyone could ever imagine. Point out here that apostles and prophets are the foundation of the church, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now the scriptures say these. If you would need confirmation, go look them up the script look up the scriptures. Now here the things of the Holy Spirit involve the realities of the spiritual world. So we're not talking about things of this physical world. We're talking we're talking about a, a different world. The uh, the scripture we're preparing us to be with the Lord in heaven. This is a completely different reality than what we are experiencing here in this physical earth. Brother Justin. Yeah, going back to the, that apostle, in Revelation 21 14, it's talking about the wall of the city. It says, And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Yeah. So if there were a successors and there were apostles added, then where are they in the, in the foundation? That's right. They're not in the foundation? Yeah. That's right. Very good. Next point. 
We do not want to despise the things of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, despise not prophesying. There is a, a grave sin involving blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Particularly, that would apply to when Jesus was alive and the uh, Pharisees and others were accusing Jesus of doing miracles by the power of Satan. That would be attributing something that God truly is doing, attributing it to Satan. That's right. Now that's definitely blaspheming the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be in danger. No. This, this is not a thing to take lightly. When we're talking about the things of the Holy Spirit, yeah. we do not want to despise the things of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We will be careful that we're receiving the true Holy Spirit and not another spirit. That's right. Yeah. And that's the distinction I want to make. Mm -hmm. Next point. However, there are devils and false spirits, lying spirits, that deceive and will give you false information. Mm -hmm. Just because something is spirit does not mean it is from God. Mm -hmm. I want to point out to you in John chapter 4, this just came to me. Into uh, my memory. When John chapter 4, uh, my Bible is right here, so uh, let me look. John chapter 4, verse 24. It says, God is a spirit. Some Bibles say God is spirit. Well, that's a, uh, not true. Not everything that is spirit is God. God is a spirit. There are other spirits. And so we, we must discern, is it truly a spirit from God? Or is it a false spirit? I just want to point that out. Because you can get false information from a false spirit that is not from God. So our responsibility for any teaching, including this teaching tonight, is to listen, evaluate what is being said by Holy Scripture, accept the true, and discard what is false. I'd also add to, once you recognize something is false, it'd be good not to listen to it anymore because it can be confusing. Yes. It, can, yeah. it can plant seeds in you that create doubt and confusion. Yeah. It's a phenomenon that's happened over and over again, that promising people... Christians are uh, sent off to Bible college or seminary and they come back with doubts. They don't know who Jesus is anymore. They don't know about the scriptures. They're filled, they got the, such education that it eliminated their knowledge of God. And that is a danger. The first John 4.1 Beloved, believe not every spirit but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone into the world. So our, our job is to discern, is this spirit from God? Is it the Holy Spirit or another spirit? Is and how can you get that done? Because you have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. It's it like we've set out on a mission. We're going to find out where all the false spirits are. It's that as, as you live and breathe in, in the kingdom of God and you exercise the gifts he's given you, Satan will try to manufacture a copy of that. And, and he does it with, with people. They'll come in and they'll look good. They look like everything. They love the truth and everything. But all of a sudden they'll start throwing, they'll insert things that aren't of God. That is a lying spirit. Okay? Now, now what do we do? It says, believe not every spirit. There's another place that says, lay hands on no man suddenly. What, what does that mean? It means... You don't want to join hands or join your spirit with someone that you're not, you haven't, that hasn't been um, um, 
Well, we would say vetted. You vet people, in other words, you find out all about them. All right, so when a person comes in, and it isn't that you're suspicious of them, it's that, see, this is what happened. The Holy Spirit, the fact that you have the Holy Spirit enables you to do this. Your spirit can bear witness with their spirit, okay? And, and, and what, what, what do you do then? You're edified. You're able to receive from that person. But say, let's say that uh, two years down the road, all of a sudden, the person starts saying some weird stuff. It's like weird stuff. Like, what's going on? See, we, we, uh, our job to judge isn't just to judge it. We're not being critical is, is what I'm trying to get at. We're being, this is a, a matter of survival. We can't let something in that we know isn't from God because of the testimony we've been given. And so this, this thing, that it, try the spirits, whether they are God. The thing is, if what I teach can't, can't, doesn't live up to what the Holy Spirit has revealed in the scriptures, something's wrong. And we should never excuse that. I should never excuse that. If I stand up there and I say something and I, and I go, well, that's not really, you know, what it says, but it, you know, it's okay. No, it's not okay. This is how important our faith is, is that if we have to present what God's given us. It's his truth, it's his kingdom, and when you do that, you'll build up the saints. But what about when you start leading them off on a path over here somewhere? Don't believe every, every spirit. There are lying spirits, and you say, well, I don't understand all the implications of how they get into a person's life and how they manifest themselves. But we know one thing. If you're walking in the light as he is in the light, you'll be able to sense it and diagnose it that this spirit's not leading me to Christ. And that, and it's, now, you can address it. I think I, have a, I, I know that if, if you have an honest heart and, and someone comes to you and says, wait a minute, this is wrong, you'll say, show me. And when, if they can show you a scripture, an honest heart will say, you're right. I, I, I don't want to teach that anymore. What happened? You discerned the spirits. The thing that, that the person was off base on, you actually helped to retrieve that, that aspect of, of their teaching. And now they can, they can teach the truth. Yeah. This is critical. We can't, we can't stop doing this ever. There's never a time when we can just sit back and say, well, God will take care of it. He put us in the body for this reason. Yeah. So that we'll help the helpers of one another. Go ahead. In Acts chapter 18, we have the account of Apollos, who yeah. is very uh, powerful in the scriptures, mm -hmm. but he didn't have a complete understanding of the gospel. He only knew the baptism of John. This is in mm -hmm. Acts yeah. chapter 18. Yeah, right, right. At the end, verse 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Mm -hmm. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom, uh, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Mm -hmm. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped him, helped them much, which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. He didn't know that before. That's right. Aquila uh -huh. and Priscilla taught him the way of the Lord more right. accurately. Right. 
more perfectly. And as a result, he was very useful in proclaiming that Jesus was the Christ. So if there's a false, if someone has a good, honest heart and are teaching things that they don't haven't thought about, teaching things that they don't know, and someone is able to present the scripture to them and show them the truth, then they'll be more useful. That's right. Now see, Apollos had his heart was right. And so when Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and explained to him the way of truth more perfectly, he was able to hear it. It says here in John 7, 17, uh, Jesus said this. He said, if any man will do his will, Mm -hmm. like wants to do the will of God, I want to do the will of God. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So if if you're just desiring to do the will of God, you want to do the will of God, and somebody brings a teaching to you, you'll know if that teaching is from God or if it's it's a deceptive teaching. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of another will they not hear it. Has to do with the desire. Once, in other words, once the truth is presented to you mm-hmm. and as the truth, if your heart's right with God, you'll receive. Yes. You'll be able to receive. Mm-hmm. If you could boil down the Christian walk yeah. into one uh, simple thought, mm-hmm. Jesus said, "My sheep hear my voice." Yeah. So if you hear His voice and you follow Him, That's right. not yes. following other people, That's right. not following a, a ritual, no. not following a set of rules to follow, mm-hmm. following Christ. That's the essence of what it is to be a Christian. Yes. Now, when somebody teaches something and it's not right, it, they might have heard. They, they might just be reciting something that they heard. But see, when the truth is presented to that person uh-huh. and they reject the truth, mm-hmm. they don't want to do the will of God. That's yeah. why they rejected it. Well, it, in Second Peter two one, it says, "But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you." who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves with destruction. Now, heresies, uh, and heresy is something that causes a teaching that causes division. But Christ isn't divided. Christ's truth isn't divided. Nothing that Jesus teaches divides. I mean, I'm talking about in believers now, all right? They're preaching the truth will, will make a division, right? There'll be some people that don't believe it, and there'll be some people that do believe it. So in that, in that sense, but he's talking about in, in, in teaching. You, you come together with the saints, and, and you're teaching something. If what you're teaching is causing people to doubt, it's a heresy. It's going to cause division. It's going to drive a wedge between the person and their faith. This is very... Well, he calls it damnable heresy. In other words, the end of a heresy is that you would be damned. That God would not be able to accept you. Well, that's pretty serious, I think. Very serious. You know, and, and so, so what, what does he say? Does he say, well, just don't worry about it. He says that many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So, see, this thing... It, it, what produces these kinds of things? Well, we have an enemy, right? The devil. He's trying his best to drive a wedge in between brethren. And how does he do it? Through teaching. This is how he does it. It's not like, I don't like the color of your hair, so I don't want nothing to do with you no more. Yeah. That isn't how it works. That's maybe in a world that, you know, 
the flesh will react like that. But we're talking about when I will stop being around you because of something you teach. Now, that's serious business, and, and that's why we talk things out. We have discussions, and we talk them out because we, we have got to get to the conclusion of that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, that should be the end of every doctrine, that, is that we're going we're gonna to believe God. We're going we're gonna to stand with God. We're going to be strengthened with might, the inner man. Otherwise, what is, what is the use of teaching? If in the end it doesn't unite us to stand for Christ, we're being built up. Uh, that's through teaching, through doctrine, through. So anything that doesn't produce that, it's it's got to be suspicious. Yeah. Something's wrong. Now I don't claim to have all wisdom and know all the everything, but God does, and Jesus does, yeah. and the Holy Spirit does. So what do I got to do? I just got to depend on them. Preach the word. Be instant in season. Make sure what you're talking about is the main thing. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit can enter in. He'll make the application. I don't have to make the application. I would have to know everything about you personally to be able to make the application. I can't do that. But the Holy Spirit can. So as long as we preach from the foundation, then the Holy Spirit will take that up and will edify us and we'll be, we'll be the better Amen. The purpose of the discussion is not to, uh, like group think, come together and whatever we all agree on, that's our doctrine. That's not it. The reason we, we discuss is because I don't understand all the truth. I have, may have insight on a part of it. Brother Robert may have on another. Sister Heather may understand something else. Brother Justin may understand another part. We uh, coming together, and the people who know are able to teach the others. And that's the part I really appreciate about the exhortations, the mm -hmm. uh, group discussions. It's not just one person mm -hmm. teaching and everyone else just receptive. Of course, I'm hoping that people are listening when I'm teaching and when other people are teaching, I want to listen too. That's how we learn. Mm -hmm. yeah, but if we don't just, whatever we all agree on, that's not a doctrine. Mm -hmm. The doctrine is based on the scripture. Share what he shared. That's right. And if he wouldn't have shared what he shared, I wouldn't have thought about thinking to share what I shared. Mm -hmm. And so what happened there? Did we all get together and say, I'm going to share this and you're going to share that? It's just, yeah. We didn't it, plan it that way. It, we didn't plan it that way, but what happened? The Holy Spirit worked. Absolutely. Right, and gave us all utterance and fit the whole thing together. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What Made good, one thought. What good is a well without water? It's useless, see? And this purpose is to supply you with something that will keep you alive. And yet the well is what it's 830. Well, I, uh, We've been at it. Do we want to continue? Or what shall we? It's, you're the teacher. We're following you. I got eight more pages. I'm going to read a little bit more and then we'll figure out. Make another podcast. We can pray for, we can pray for more strength. On page four, I want to go down here at the bottom. As you approach the study of Scripture, mm -hmm. pray for God to give you spiritual discernment yes. to protect you from false doctrine, false teachers, and false prophets. Mm -hmm. There are many false teachers in the world today, and I've listed the Scriptures: Second Timothy three one through nine, and Titus chapter one verse ten through eleven. 
If we are not careful, we can be deceived and believe a lie. Yes. The Holy Spirit can help us to spot a counterfeit gospel and false teaching. Knowing the truth is the best defense against false teachers and false doctrine. The Bible warns against having our minds corrupted by the deception of false teachers. The Bible also warns against a false spirit and a false Jesus that would be preached by these false prophets. And uh, there's some scriptures here. Jesus himself said, Be not deceived. Matthew 24, verse 4 and 5. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Amen. Repeat it again in Mark 13, 5 and 6. And Luke chapter 21, verse 8. Take heed that you be not be deceived. The scriptures are full of warnings not to be deceived. Yes. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 31. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. So what will you do in the end thereof? There's a warning against the false prophets prophesying falsely. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 29, verse 8. Thus saith the Lord God of hosts, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you. Neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed. Ephesians 5, 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. 2 John 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Second yeah. Timothy 3, 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. First Timothy 4, 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There's a our responsibility is not to be deceived. Mm-hmm. Now, how can we know that? Well, through study of the Scripture. We're, we're enjoined to study the Scripture. Yeah, if we right. know the truth, when the lie comes, it'll be easier to spot. If we're all the time partly in the truth and partly in falsehood, yeah, it gets blurred. You can't tell the di- it gets to the point where you can't tell the difference. Yeah. And if there's... Uh, Someone teaches something that's not true and you're not sure about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And later that'll come to your mind and you think, well, is that true? And if it's not true, that'll create doubt and it'll grow. That's and right. it'll cause a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Brother Robert said, mm-hmm. a damnable heresy. Yeah. Yeah. That can... Just a little seed that is not true... Yeah can cause these problems. So I just wonder what the scripture says about not being deceived. Brother Justin. They're, they're seducing spirits. Yeah. There's, like a, there's like an allure yeah. that's present to them. They're, they're, they, they, make an appeal, they make an appeal to, to, to the heart of a person. They're, they're not plain, it's not like plain Jane on the table deception. They're not, some of these things, they, if, you, 
if you approach them with just your intellect, they'll take you down. Yeah. They, 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 they don't stand up to the knowledge of God and, and to, a person, uh, to a person who's operating by faith and knows the Lord and is close to God and is diligent and holding on to the Lord. Then, then you can see these things for what they are. But if a person is like at a distance from God, kind of living on the border of serving the Lord and in the world, these things they, they shine brighter and brighter the, the, the further you get away from God, and they can they can pull you off course. They're seducing yeah. spirits. That is true. It means they have a purpose. They're, they're, they're the same as the Holy Spirit is working towards. A purpose, God's purpose. Yeah. Uh, these seducing spirits are, are working towards Satan's purpose, mm -hmm. which is to take us away from God. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, when when Peter stepped out of the boat, he was under full orders from Jesus to come to him. He could do it. He was walking on the water. But see, there was an enemy that was in between him and Jesus. Now he couldn't see him. All of a sudden, the the winds and the waves started getting getting boisterous and. All it took is for Peter to take his eye off of Christ and look at the storm, and he started to sink immediately. Uh, so Jesus just let him go. He said, oh, well, that's just one. No, he didn't. Peter immediately realized something's wrong, right? I was walking on the water. Now I'm sinking in the water. He, he said one word, help. Yeah. <laughs> help. And what did Jesus do? He said, well, I told you. No, he just took him by the hand, lifted him up. And then they walked back to the boat in the storm. And when he got in the boat, then the storm stopped. Mm -hmm. So what, what was the difference? Well, when you're with Jesus, you don't sink. Amen. That's the point. <laughs> right. You don't sink if you stay yeah. with Jesus. And so, you know, what we've talked about tonight, if you, just looked at, if you just looked at what we talked about, it could almost create fear in you. Look at there's heresies, there's damnable heresies, there's false prophets of... But see, this is what we're up against. But see, greater is he that's in you than all these things we talked about. Jesus, the life of Jesus manifesting itself in you is up to the challenge. Yes. But, but see, what are we going to do? So how should I go out and, do, and say, I'm going to do all these great things? You just keep what he's given to you. Whatever he's, wherever he's placed you in the body, you just live for him. Trust in him. Yes. Obey him. And what will happen? He'll keep your feet from falling. That's what will happen. Through all this stuff, it almost seems impossible that we'll make it to heaven. And actually, on our own, it would be impossible. But see, greater is he that's in you. And that's what God is teaching, showing the principalities and powers in the heavenly places that, look, this is impossible with men. But with God, all things are possible. We can even identify things that we, you would, I can't identify them in you, but as you're living by faith, you can say, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why am I not thinking the same as I was? There's an enemy. Take it to the Lord. What does he do? He takes care of the problem. It's not like you have to do it. You have to keep the faith. Press in. Focus on Christ. And he does the rest. He does the, the heavy lifting. I mean, he only gives you what you can do. So we ought to do what we can do. And then this is what you talked about. See, it's real. This is very real. If we don't, if we don't keep the faith, faith won't keep us. It just won't do it. But I'm thankful that we're in a salvation that works. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, 
I do believe mm -hmm. that God will have each individual. I don't have a special call in my life like Jeremiah or mm -hmm. one of the prophets. But I do believe that God has things for me to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. And for me to be faithful to him, being dependent on the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. being led by the Spirit, listening to God's voice. Mm -hmm. These are things that I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. The things that God has given to us to do, we need to depend on him. And he will make sure, through mm -hmm. his power, if we trust him and yeah. rely on him, That's that right. these things will be done. Amen. And if we're faithful in a little bit, yeah. he'll give us more. That's right. That's the, what I want to point to. Mm -hmm. But we need to make sure that what we believe is true and based in the truth of the scripture yeah. and in the truth that is in Jesus Christ. If there is uh, things that we believe that is not true, we need to say, uh, search me, O God, and yeah, know right. my heart. Uh -huh. it talks about... Uh, Secret sins. Well, these are these sins maybe that you don't even know that exist no. in you because mm -hmm. you haven't, they haven't been revealed that this is sin to you. And right. you've, mm -hmm. you've been serving the Lord faithfully for a long time and you find out, wow, this is a sin and I didn't realize it. And, and you're convicted mm -hmm. by it. Or if I have thoughts in my mind that I haven't ever examined and I think, mm -hmm. well, I believe this. And then I think, wait a minute, I believe that? Yeah. That's not true. Because as you get more yes. knowledge of That's God, right. more knowledge of his word, then the thoughts that you had that you never evaluated, you come to them and you realize, I believe this all this time and it's not true. Right. So yeah. when you come to yeah. the truth, mm -hmm. it will give you power, to, a certainty. Mm -hmm. It will give you a, a knowledge that these things are true. Yes. It will, it will uh, confirm your faith this, the scriptures are written that we may know yeah. that Jesus is the Christ, the Son Amen. of God. Yeah. It says that in First John mm -hmm. chapter 5, mm -hmm. I like the way this says this. Mm -hmm. First John chapter 5, These things, uh, verse 13, these things have I written unto you, unto you that believe yeah. on the name of the Son of God, huh? that yeah. you may know you have eternal life, right. and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So you're already believing on the name of the Son of yes. God, and by believing these things, mm -hmm. then you believe on the name of the Son of God. So you get yeah. more faith. That's right. You have a measure of faith. Amen. You can get more faith. Yeah. It's not just a, a certain amount of faith. That faith can grow. God can right. give you more. Amen. I want everything that God has for me. Mm -hmm. I want to press in. I want to seek God. I want to have everything that God has yeah, that's right. for me. Mm -hmm. The uh, Jesus spoke about the time of John the Baptist. He said that in Matthew chapter 11, I believe, he said that uh, the kingdom suffereth violence, mm -hmm. and the violent take it by force. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew eleven twelve. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God, the uh, kingdom of heaven, suffereth 
violence and the violent take it by force. Yeah, that's right. Now you look at all the old prophets. People did not flock out to see them. They, people left them and yeah. rejected them. Uh-huh. But when John was preaching, he didn't come to the city. He went out in the wilderness and people flocked out to hear him. And That's they right. wanted to know. They wanted to have this truth. Mm-hmm. And if we, from our perspective, on the other side of the cross and the resurrection, mm-hmm. now being members of the kingdom of heaven... When John wasn't even a member of it, he was preaching that the kingdom of heaven would come, but he wasn't even a member of it. Mm-hmm. He didn't get to see it come. Yeah, yeah. We are partakers of the divine nature. Mm-hmm. We are sons of God. Yeah. John didn't have that right. ability or privilege. Mm-hmm. And how much more? I want to take the kingdom by force. I want mm-hmm. everything that God has for me. I'm pressing in with the best of mm-hmm. my ability, all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my strength, and I'm asking all you to join with us. Yeah. To seek God, to yeah. believe his word, mm-hmm. put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. not be deceived. Amen. 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 Yes. This is the kind of confidence that we can have. And you were in 1 John 5. It says, And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. And then he gives us this practical application in verse 16. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, which I think we all understand what that means, you didn't die in the commission of this sin. In other words, you're still alive. (laughs) He shall ask, right? Who? who? The one that sees his brother sin a sin. The one with faith. He shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. Now, what does that mean? That means we are kings and priests unto God. We stand in the gap. In other words, if you observe someone, all right, that, that doesn't have understanding, they, they, they don't see things clearly, right? You can ask. Now, of course, this is going to require faith. Verse 15 has got to be done before 16. In other words, if you, if you, you know that he hears you, you know that you're you're one with Christ, and God's not going to turn down Christ, right? He's not going to tell Christ no. No. He's going to give him whatever he asks. Now, if you know that Jesus hears you, and you ask something for one of your brethren, says you can fully expect that he's going to do it. Why? Because he's a good God, right? And why? And this is the, the, the line of reasoning here is why do you? Why did you see it? So you could complain about it. So you can say, oh, I can't believe it. No, you, you are allowed to see this need so you could intercede for that person. And when you do, we have this confidence that he'll give you whatever you ask. Now that is called an intercessor. And, and, and here in the church, we're, we've been given to be a priest. A priest offered up sacrifices for other people. That's what they did. They couldn't do it because they weren't a priest. But we're kings, and that we, 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 we're at home, being around God, being around the Holy Spirit, having the Holy Spirit. And we're priests, and that we can, we can intercede. This is a marvelous provision. Because, see, we're right down here. We're in the trenches. We see one another at, so to speak, our worst condition. We can, we can be around each other. Sometimes I'm discouraged, and, and I just hear someone speak about God come to the assembly, and all of a sudden, I'm not discouraged anymore, right? I'm built up. 
What happened? Well, this happened. This is what this is the, he God will give you life if you just if you just press in. That, that's a, that's all it takes. Just believe. Now, sometimes I'm telling you, I depend on the saints. We depend on each other. We're part of the same body. If I fall, I, it's going to affect everyone. If you fall, it's going to, it's going to affect everyone. So what we look, we observe, and we we pray for one another. We lift up each other up. And what happens? God's magnified because He's the one who gave, gave you to see it. All right, you're you're strengthened because you saw it. You asked God, and you saw the improvement. And so, see this. This is all for God's glory. It's not for us. But look at how we're benefited by it. This is a marvelous thing. Jesus is our elder brother. Nothing would happen if he wasn't at the right hand of God. We could pray for one another all day long. If he wasn't there, it wouldn't get answered. But see, we have this confidence that we know. We know him. We know, we know he hears us. And as soon as that happens, you'll start asking for a lot more things. It's just the way Amen. it is. Brother Robert, thank you for that word. I, was, I needed to hear that. Amen. I think we'll finish here. And uh, there's more to talk about, but uh, I think this has been a profitable evening. Yes, amen. Amen. Brethren, let's close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the scriptures and how they've opened up to us tonight and been a source of encouragement and faith. Lord, we don't want to be deceived by any anyone, another man, a lying spirit, a devil, or maybe our own vain imaginations. Lord, if there's anything in us that is not true, we pray it will be revealed so we can forsake it and turn to you with our whole mind. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit you've given to us, given us an understanding in the measure that we've been given. Lord, we want to fulfill our purpose as you give us the strength to do it. We want to be faithful and faithful doing what you have called us to do. And Lord, I pray for this fellowship. I just thank you for the intense love of the truth. Lord, I pray there will be peace and unity. We pray that your blessing will be here. And I pray that this message will be a blessing to other people who might chance upon it and hear it and Lord, we ask that your church be built up. We ask for Word of Truth Fellowship be built up, that you would bring people here who you put here to be part of the fellowship. Lord, I pray that you'll build up the church everywhere. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to serve you and to teach and to preach. We want to see more people come into the kingdom. We ask for a blessing upon Brother Given and Sister June. We pray that we pray that we can ask life for people who we see who haven't turned to you and that we ask that we would be faithful intercessors and I thank you that we have the Holy Spirit to pray for us when we don't even know how to pray mm-hmm. amen. We, we love you and we thank you in the name of Jesus we pray, amen